If you're like me, there are a couple of phrases that I could do really well in life without ever hearing again after this whole quarantine time. The two phrases for me, and tell me if you're tracking with me, is number one, the new normal. I'm so tired of hearing that. But then a close second, if not maybe even first, is in these uncertain times. I am really tired of saying it, hearing that. I've tried not to say it very much if I have said it at all. But in all reality, there have been few times in our lives when things were as uncertain as they are, when things were just changing constantly. You know, one minute they say, you absolutely need to do this. And then a few weeks later or a few days later, they come back and say, no, don't do that. Or they say, you can't do this. And then all of a sudden they say, yeah, you can do that. It's been crazy. The CDC just announced just a couple of days ago that the virus doesn't easily pass from contact of surfaces. And so all that baptizing everything in hand sanitizer was maybe not quite as necessary as we thought. And then what about them telling us to buy up all the toilet paper? Oh wait, they never said that, did they? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. All jokes aside, even before the onset of COVID-19, life has always been full of uncertainties and always full of times where we don't know what to do or times when we don't have the strength to do what's necessary. So what do we do when we don't know what happens next and we're not sure if we have the strength to carry on? The thing we have to do is trust in God. And I know that that is easier said than done sometimes. I know it's difficult. But the cool thing is, is that today we're talking about a name that's really neat. The word is used quite a bit. The actual name, uh, combining it with God, is not quite as common, but it's this name, El Olam. And that means the everlasting God, the eternal God. In Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 28, it says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I love that passage of Scripture. It's many people's favorite passage. And it reminds us of the great power of God, how He picks us up even when our strength is failing, even when we don't feel like we can go on any further, any longer. He is able. El Olam. We also see this name in Genesis chapter 21. Now here, listen to this. If you need proof that God never changes, I want to take a look at one man and his story and how God encountered him at two major points in his life. Take some time on your own after this and read through 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. It's the story of Elijah, and it's one that I've, I've preached about many times. It's one of my favorite stories, the, the two complete opposite ends of the spectrum that Elijah goes through. And for sake of time, we're not going to read a whole lot of it. I'm going to summarize most of what it's talking about. In chapter 18, Elijah takes on the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. These were false prophets that worshiped false gods that had led people's, the people of Israel's heart astray for years. And Elijah was tired of it. So he's calling them back to worship the one true God. The challenge is this. They're to put their respective sacrifices on their altars, and then they're to call out to their God, 
that God who is real and true is going to answer from heaven with fire and consume the sacrifices. When the false prophets have had their chance and there's no answer, Elijah finally carries out one of the greatest spectacles that we could even see and he carries it out even further. In a years-long drought that he himself had prophesied from the mouth of God, he asked for them to do something crazy. Once his sacrifice is laid on the altar, he has a trench dug around there, and then he does something unthinkable in a years-long drought. He has gallons and gallons and gallons of water poured all over the sacrifice and all over the wood, soaking everything, even filling up the trench with water. So many things are at play in that. And finally, he prays to God, just a brief prayer. And as soon as he says, Amen, boom! I mean, God sends down fire from heaven. He consumes every part of that sacrifice, the wood, the rocks, even some of the dirt that it was surrounding the altar. I mean, it's an amazing show of the power of God. It's one of the coolest stories that I, I, I see in the Bible. In the words of the philosopher from Full House, how rude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, to pour water on the sacrifice during drought and just literally drench it, but God showed up in His mighty power. We see God's power in Elijah's life, even before the fire, in his boldness. He boldly trusted God and challenged 850 false prophets to a, a test to see whose God was real. And then God boldly shows up by consuming the sacrifice, the rocks, the wood, everything, even the water for, with fire from heaven. It's just a bold statement of God's power and a man's faith in that God. And he had this amazing faith in the eternal, never-changing, all-powerful God. Then one chapter later, we see a completely different side of Elijah, and we see a new perspective of God. We learn a powerful lesson. Before, God showed up in boldness. Now, later on, God shows up in brokenness. When Jezebel hears that 850 of her prophets have been destroyed, she's enraged and she threatens Elijah's life. And automatically, after defeating this great multitude of false prophets, 850 prophets, Elijah is just crushed. One woman terrifies him. I'll let you do the math on that and figure out that one. But, you know, we, we've never seen that happen before. But isn't that what life is like? Isn't that what life is like? We have a huge victory, and then we get one discouraging moment, and everything's over. Have you ever lived that? I know I absolutely have. More times than I'd like to admit. When he hears the queen's threat, Elijah literally wants to die. He's crushed. He wants to run away, and he does. He runs to the desert, and God feeds him miraculously on the way, and he tells him to rest. Just a little side note, here's a reminder that many times some of your problems can be cured with a nap and a snack, and you'll be good. And that's what God gets him to do. But do you know where he stopped first as he runs away? He stops at Beersheba. Whoop-de-doo, right? Who even really knows what Beersheba is? But wait, remember I told you that El Olam, the everlasting God, was used in Genesis 21? Let me read it for you. Genesis 21, verse 33, says, Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God. He planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba. So in his fear, his doubt, his anger, Elijah runs and hides, and on his way he stops at Beersheba, the same place Abraham planted the tree in honor of the El Olam, the eternal God, 1,200 years before. 
God never changes. We, we sort of know that in theory, but we doubt it when we get in trouble, when, when life isn't good and life is difficult. He's always faithful and always strong. Do you know what Beersheba means, though? It means well of the oath. And directly in the context, it's talking about the oath between Abraham and Abimelech. But don't you think that our all-knowing God knew that a few thousand years later, Elijah was going to go running by that same spot and needed to be reminded of the oath and promise of God's goodness and His unchanging nature? Just like Abraham declared at that point that he was the eternal God, the unchanging one, the one that is beyond time. Elijah needed that reminder just like you and I do. When Elijah runs 40 days and 40 nights, I guess he's probably the first ultramarathoner at this point, he gets to the mountain of God, Sinai. This is the place where Moses got the Ten Commandments and let God let him see the backside of his glory. A lot of stuff happened at Mount Sinai. But hold up, it gets crazier. It's so neat to me. You know what the other name for Mount Sinai is? Horeb. Guess what Horeb means? Desert. Do you think that's cool? Maybe not. But guess what Mount Carmel means? Carmel, you know, that's the place where he challenged all those prophets and had that great victory just a little bit before. The place where God called down fire before. It means garden. It means garden or fertile place. So God is telling you and I that He is the same eternal, powerful God in the big, bold moments and the scary, broken moments. God ends up showing up to Elijah, but not how you would expect. God tells him to go stand on the side of the mountain. Perhaps the very cave he comes out of is the same cave or cleft in the rock that God hid Moses in as he passed by in all his glory. And he gets to see the backside, so to speak, of God's glory. But a powerful wind comes, but God wasn't in that powerful wind. The wind was so strong, it ripped the rocks away from the mountainside. There was an earthquake, but God wasn't in that either. Then a fire. Remember, he just had showed up in a fire just many days before, but this time God's not there. But then there comes a gentle whisper, and that is where God shows up, in the gentle whisper. God spoke to him, and he asked Elijah a question he'd already asked him several times before. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? In your cave of despair, in your uncertain times, in your fear, in your weakness, what are you doing here? Maybe we need to be asked that same question. God is teaching Elijah, and I believe he's trying to teach you and I something life-changing. God doesn't just show up in the big, great moments of fire on the mountain. God doesn't just show up in the big victories. God also shows up in the times of discouragement. The times that feel like maybe we've been defeated. He shows up when we can't go on and maybe we even want to die. That's when God shows up too. He shows up in the gentle whisper as well as the fire from heaven. Just because your situation changes doesn't mean that God changes. That's a lesson I'm trying to learn. Just because our situations change doesn't mean God changes. He is the eternal, powerful God, El Olam. And in His great wisdom, He knows that sometimes you and I need a big show of fire, but more often than not, you need Him in the gentle whisper. Do you think that in Elijah's life, 
Maybe God's power showed up more on Mount Horeb than it did on Mount Carmel. When you get down to the meat of what was going on with him, don't you think that was a more real experience with him and God than just a few days before on Mount Carmel? Perhaps God's power shows up more in our lives in the desert than in the gardens. Maybe, just maybe, we can sense his power more when we're in those moments of desert rather than we're in the so-called fertile places. Your situation changes, but God doesn't. But he will change the way that he relates to you because you need him to, and I need him to. Why though? Because as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8, Three different times I begged of the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power is best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It makes you wonder why many times the answer isn't, I'll take away your struggle. I'll take away your pain. I'll take away the thorn in your flesh. The truth is, in a world broken by sin, there will be more struggles than easy times. And the reality is, God isn't trying to prepare you for tomorrow. He's preparing you for eternity. My gentle whisper, or one of my many gentle whispers, and I've told you this before, but when I was deciding to go into ministry, I was struggling because I was going from a fairly inexpensive college that my parents had helped me with tremendously to a very expensive school that I was going to be footing the bill for myself. And in the midst of all my struggles and my, my crying out to God and wondering how it was going to happen, how it would ever happen, my friend brings in an envelope that somebody had placed under my windshield wiper on a very rainy day. It was wrapped in aluminum foil. I opened it up and in that envelope was a hundred dollar bill. Now that might not seem like that much to you, but in that moment, God let me know in a real and powerful way that he was going to be there for me in this difficult time. That was my gentle whisper because only a few college students knew. So I knew that that $100 had come from somebody who felt it when they gave it. But it didn't just come from a friend, an anonymous friend. It came from the almighty, all-powerful God who spoke in a gentle whisper. So when your life is ever-changing, when it's scary, when it's uncertain, and you feel powerless, Put your hands in the hand of El Olam, the eternal God. As it said in Isaiah that we read earlier, God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Understand, He is enough when you are not. God is enough. He is eternal and He's powerful. And you and I deserve death for our sin. But God is perfect and He sent His perfect Son to die for your sin and for mine. And we celebrate and remember His sacrifice as we take communion. As you take the bread and the cup, remember the all-powerful, eternal God that one day, one day, you will see face to face. But also, it's time to ask yourself, are you ready to see him face to face? The truth is one day he won't hide us in the cleft of a rock and cover us. We'll all be laid bare and we'll have to stand before God in judgment. And if you're not in Christ, you're not safe. 
But if you are in Christ, you're safe and God will see His perfection. Galatians 3.27 says that we were all sons of God and daughters of God through faith. When we were baptized and clothed in Christ through that faith. So are you ready to see the all-powerful, eternal God? His plan has always been in effect. He never changes, even when life is crazy. Do you trust Him enough to give Him everything? He is, and He always will be.